My friends, today to you, it's Joel here with the band for King and Country, and you are listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. I'm a sinner that God gave up his life for me and gave me certain gifts and talents that I'm now going to use to let you know about him so he could do the same thing for you. Well, hello. Thank you, Mr. Joel Smallbone from For King and Country. Man, I love For King and Country's music. They have an amazing high-energy show. In fact, I think that when I went to the For King and Country show here in Cincinnati, Ohio, that was one of the first times, one of the only times, actually, I actually bought a CD right at the concert. I think the only two, the other, two other times I've done that was for Iron Maiden, way back in the day, and for Edwin McCain, when I saw him and Hootie and the Bluefish and Blues Travelers together. Edwin McCain put on a great show, by the way. But love for King and Country. Thank you so much, Mr. Joel Smallbone, for the introduction. Welcome to the 130th episode of On Faith's Edge. I am Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. I am so pumped for you to listen to my conversation with today's guest, singer, songwriter, speaker, and full-on rocker, Benny DeShera. Benny is a high-energy, pull-no-punches kind of guy. He and his band, Empowered, released their newest project, Three Days. And if you're a rock fan like me, you're going to love his work. In our conversation, you'll hear the masks that we all wear. Benny and I talk a little bit about masks and not not pandemic masks, believe me, masks we wear, his miraculous recovery from a traumatic brain injury, and the state of music today. Pay really close attention to this guy in our conversation. He has been there and done it. Man, I'm glad to talk to you, Benny. How are you today? I'm doing well, yo. Hey, blessed to be with you today. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of blessed to be here just together for this for this day. Aren't we then? Are are you in Louisiana? Where are you from? I am. I'm in Baton Rouge. I grew up in New Orleans as a as a as a youngin and uh <clears throat> actually went to high school in Mississippi, then went back to New Orleans, um, left left way back to join the military. I was a Navy corpsman, which is a medic for those who don't know, um, stationed out in San Diego, got to see America a little bit and got away and and then I've, I've dropped roots in Baton Rouge. So I've been here ever since. Yeah. What's it like living in Louisiana now? Hot. Yep. <laughs> you have, you have hot. And then there's, go ahead. There's just others. There's just other things. Louisiana really should be its own country <laughs> because, because there's so, there's so much. I mean, see, as a kid, for example, I grew up in New Orleans. So like Mardi Gras was a big thing. And your whole family dressed up, and and you go you go spend the entire day together, and it's all your aunts and your uncles and your parents and your siblings, and you you're just having a great time all day. You know, maybe not even back then, full knowing the basis for Mardi Gras because you know back then, what you don't know, you don't know. And then, but that it's so different today like i stay as far away from new orleans to her body gras as possible because you know kind of bluntly in my mind's eye it's sort of like you know if you if you want to if you want a teaser on what 
the hot, hot eternal beach might look like, you get a good view of it. So yeah. Yeah. we stay away from that. That's unfortunate. It's crazy is what it, it is. It's not unfortunate because it's, it's, it is a beautiful town and it, it does have a lot of character to it, but it does. boy, I, 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 there are some forces at work there that just don't sit right for me as a believer. Right. Right. Well, and, the, and that's, a, you know, and I think in today's world, Joe, that's part of the thing, especially in the Christian world, in the Christian realm. There's a lot of people who profess to be Christians, but they allow themselves to be know, kind of sucked into a worldview where they're, where they're, they're not looking at things through spiritual eyes. They're looking through things with worldly eyes. And, you know, there's only so many times you can say, well, it's okay. They're just trying to have fun before you look around and you go, uh-oh. You know, it's like the song Slow Fade mm-hmm. that Cats and Crowns did years ago. And, I mean, it, isn't that right? When you're going around the curves too fast and you feel that you feel that little looseness in the rear of your car, you know, the worst thing we can do is say, mm, I've got this. And then by the time we realize that we don't have it, we're sideways going down the road and we're just praying that we don't go over the edge. So it's, it's, it's a slippery, slippery slope. And, and I just, in my heart, I feel the Holy spirit has been speaking to me lately about dial in, dial in to me because I'm speaking right now. And I need people who are willing to speak to others to let them know that I'm in control. So that that's kind of the, 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 the spiritual thought pattern of what God's been speaking to me through everything, not just through my music, just through my business, everything else that's going on in my life too. So, you know, Benny, you bring up a good point and, and let's explore this a little bit. You are, you have your feet in, in your hands and your mind in in many parts of, of, of our culture. You're of course in the music world and we're going to talk a lot about three days and your influence there, uh, and, mm-hmm. and empowered your, the group empowered. Uh, but let's mm-hmm. explore this a little bit because you're in business, you're a business person. Uh, you're in marketing. Yes. You're of course in music, mm-hmm. uh, you're in media. So you have to, you have to be in this world unless, and, and I don't know this, tell me if I'm wrong, unless 100% of all of your business dealings ever are, are purely with people of the Christian faith. I'm guessing I'm wrong. The answer to that would the answer the answer to that would be no. Right. So right. how do you how do you balance? Where do you check yourself, man? When you're a, when you're a Christian so, in these worlds, in the business world, in the marketing world, in the music world, in the media world, and you have to deal with with all of this stuff, and you have to deal, especially you, you have to put on a certain kind of persona, and certain kind of face, in a certain in a certain kind of way. Where do you where do you draw the line? How do you how do you check yourself, and how do you how do you move? How do you how do you keep your faith secure and still deal in that world? And then I know we were talking about Mardi Gras a little bit. Everybody's wearing masks and all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what? It's 2021, and you don't need some kind of Mardi Gras celebration across the world or the United States. People wear masks all the time. Now, when I first started in business, I was very aware because I was building my business of what to say. And, and, and God really released me from that 
every single person I know. When I first started my business, I was putting everything together and I'm passing it through some business owners that I highly respected in my town. And they looked in there and in my, in my, my mission statement for the company, it's like, we want to be, we want to show Christ in the business place. And it's part of my deal. I told my wife, when we formed the company, I'm like, if I can't do it like that, I don't want to do it because I don't want people I don't mind being on the record. Can I say that over for you? I do not mind being on the record that I'm a Christian. Not only am I a Christian, I'm an excited Christian. I'm ready to storm the gates of hell with water pistols. Come on. And so and it doesn't matter that it's it doesn't matter if it's if it's the band on stage or if it's if it's busy. One of the coolest things we can do is let people know where we are as Christians. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be rude or bash them, but everybody that I deal with in the business world, in the secular business world, know that I'm a Christian and they know what I stand for. So I have all sorts of people within media, and you're going to know what I'm talking about because you are, Joe. You know, there's some guys that like guys, for instance, and there's some girls who like girls, for instance. And there's so is that anti-biblical? Well, to me, yes, because I believe the Bible is a living, true word of God, true with a capital T, which is him with a capital H. So I have these. But even though I deal with these people in a business sense, I never bring it up. They know where I stand, so that issue is never addressed when I'm around them. It's like it's like they gravitate to a respect level for where I am, where they don't want to get into it because if they get into it, they know what's coming. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people in business, shoot, a lot of people in in entertainment do that, and they gravitate toward the untruth, the anti-biblical sense of what's going on, because they want to fit in and they don't want to offend anybody for the sake of being famous. And I'm going to tell you, there's only one person that I want to be famous for, and his name is Jesus. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a really long list at that mercy seat. There's going to be a long list they're going to be reading from my BC life. And they're going to go, oh, you did this, you did that, you did what? And all this kind of stuff. And I'm just going to hide behind Jesus and point to him and shut my mouth, which is, my wife says, may be a miracle, but I'm going to be silent, right? And I'm just going to point to him and go, I'm with him. And I'm going to let my counselor go before his father and say, hey, dad, he's with me. This is really refreshing, Benny, because you you alluded to it before. People wear masks. And what masks do you still find yourself wearing and what masks have you had to take off as a business person, as a musician, as a marketing guy? Another great question. So the, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> my, my biggest mask, and I don't normally struggle with it as much anymore, but my biggest mask that I've always struggled with, and maybe there's a listener on your show, that this will relate to is the mask of fear. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. It's the strongest element Satan has just to 
get all up in our stuff, right? It's, oh, sure, you're a Christian, but guess what? You're not going to get that job you need. Oh, you're oh, you're an artist, and you want to do this for for you want to do that for God. Well, let me tell you something. Nobody listens to that stuff, and y'all are in the minority. And then right now, I'm to the point where I will scream back at him and say, "Well, guess what? Only a minority is getting into heaven. So take that because you know you're losing." So and it kind of so it's 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 the fear thing, and everything going on in the world in our country right now is based on what's the word you said it earlier? It's fear. And so it's that false evidence up here. You know what God's telling me throughout, like, let's say the pandemic, all these things going on. There's there's craziness in politics. There's craziness socially. I've never seen social stuff get so charged up and politicized as it is. And what people don't understand is look beyond your mayor, look beyond your governor, look beyond your president. Look beyond the World Health Organization. Look beyond all these people of earthly power and realize that the one who created it all is the ultimate power, and he's over everything. He knew this. If you believe the Bible is the living, true word of God, that he's the alpha and that he's the omega, he's the beginning and the end, he knows everything. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. If you really believe that the word of God is, in fact, that, that, then you also know he knows the end. And if you're not sure about it, read the last book of the book. It's in there. We win. He knows the end. But we're going to go through these trials, and man will try to replace himself as God and dictate over us, and it even affects believers sometimes, where they move in like a paralyzed fear. And God is saying this, and God is saying this to me. He's like, I always was, I am, I always will be. So how do you get over fear? How do you how do you get over fear as again? As a musician, as a business person, uh, as somebody that has to deal with the secular world, how do you get over that fear of presenting yourself as a, as a believer, maybe even witnessing to, uh, there's, a, there's a Christianese term, witnessing to uh, people who are, who are unbelievers, uh, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you get over that fear yourself? I hit my knees because the only one who can remove that fear from me is the one who knows exactly what's going on. So, so whether it's in business or, or, or music or entertainment or, or just dealing with someone that you meet across the street. I mean, my wife is like, you'll talk to a tree about Jesus, won't you? I'm like, well, you know, yes, yes, I will. Because if I don't, even they're going to cry out. That's what the Bible says. So, so it's, it's, it's a maturity level now. It wasn't always that way in Boulder. You know, I mean, five and a half years ago, I had a traumatic brain injury. And ever since then, especially ever since then, because I know what a miracle looks like because I lived one. I'm glad you brought up that brain injury because you healed in such a way that the doctors were blown away. Five and a half years ago. So it was October 2015 or so. Um, I was up late watching the news, right? And so, because I had a big decision to make. And so my wife had gone to bed. So the next morning, 6.30, my alarm went off on my phone, which was on my nightstand in the bedroom. But I had fallen asleep in the living room 
on the sofa. So as a man, if you're married and that happens, what's the first thing in your mind is, uh-oh, so I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I remember I remember standing up, and I saw Donna coming out of the door with my phone, and I've got a 20-minute hole where I don't remember nothing. And I don't remember anything except for I was standing next to my bed. So what she told the neurosurgeons is I had gone over to the wood floor section of our living room to get the phone from her. And when she extended her hand to me with my phone, I was horizontal. And they're like, well, how did he catch himself? And she's like, well, he didn't. And they go, really? Did he wear socks? Was the floor wet? Was it nothing? I was just horizontal. I fell, struck the back of my head on my hardwood floors. She said it sounded like a gunshot went off, right? So, so uh, she said they were like, "Was he? Did he lose consciousness?" No, I did not break the skin on the back of my head. Um, she said I got on my hands and knees, I crawled toward the recliner, and she says you need to go, come lay down in the bed. And you know, through my Navy medical training, you never lay somebody down with a head injury because you'll sleep them into a coma. But I wasn't with it. I got in the bed, and after a little bit, you know, there were a couple of guys in my inside my head fighting with jackhammers. The room was spinning, the nausea, all those signs that I was taught as a Navy medic started flooding back to me. And I told her, I said, we have to go. Call the doctor. We have to go. Something's not right. So we went to the – and, you know, and that's, that's something, too. God will never put you through anything in your life as an experience and not use it later for his glory. I just want to throw that out there. So we, we go to the emergency room, man, I've had more CT scans and MRIs and I I should be able to see through stuff. It was crazy. So I see you for a day and then a couple of days for observation in the hospital. And so I had a double fracture in the back of my skull that went all the way through. I had a, a frontal lobe crush when my brain sloshed against my forehead when I hit. So because I couldn't bleed externally, since I didn't split my skin, I bled out into my face. So my left eye and into my cheek, if anybody's ever seen the 50 yard line at LSU, the big tiger eye, that's what my face looked like. It was purple and green and it was crazy. And so they said, basically, you've got to go home. You have to go home to heal because the brain's going to shut itself down. So what do you do for a living? And I told them, They said, yep, no phone, no computer, no television, no radio, nothing. So the first month, I think I slept 20 hours a day and and, um, Donna would wake up every, she became a 24-hour nurse. Every three hours she would wake up, give me an Ensure, a little bottle of Ensure because I couldn't eat. I wasn't with it. She'd give me a little bottle of Powerade and she would give me my medicine. I weighed 198 when I got hurt. And at the end of that first month or so, I was in the one sixties. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. And so, I mean, walking in my house with a walker, with a walker and I'm a young dude. I'm, I'm like, what is going on? And so was my faith tested? Yes. As it would be for anybody. My faith was tested. I wasn't aware of all that within that first month. Right. I was just, just hanging on and nobody knew what was going to happen. I could not speak. Um, everybody was wondering because I'm on a ceiling most of the time. This is me most of the time. I mean, I'm up there and that's just how God wired me. Right. Most people get like a V4 or a V8 engine. He gave me a dragster engine. I'm okay with it. So 
but I wasn't like that. I went from that to like a bicycle in the way that I would speak to people. It took forever. So, so he, um, with, within three and a half months, I was cleared to go back to everything. So, and the doctor was like, wow, you are so far ahead of where you are. And I'm like, but I, I can't smell anything and I can't taste anything. So what's up with that? And he says, give it six months. And if it doesn't happen, it's just, it's a time thing. Sometimes it happens for people at different, whatever. And it's five and a half years later, I still can't smell anything and I still can't taste anything. But you know what, Joe, I'm talking to you. I'll take it. That's not a bad Everything trade, else is it? Has come, it is not a bad it is not a bad trade at all. And, you know, we did this new record and the, the third song on the new record is Jeremiah 2911, which is my favorite verse ever, ever my favorite verse. It's the best promise aside from John three sixteen, which everybody knows it's my favorite verse. Right. For I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you plans to give you hope in the future. So, we do that whenever we play, you know, I'll sign, I'll put Jeremiah 29, 11 under my name for people. What's that? I'm like, it's a promise. Go look it up. And so it's there. Well, in November, I was starting to heal and become a little bit more aware of my surroundings. And um, Donna knew that she could leave the house and leave me unattended because I had a walker. So if I needed to get to the restroom, I could. So she left and it was an afternoon and as clearly as you hear my voice, I just feel compelled to share this with you because it's crazy for me. Even, um, I hear an audible male voice in my living room and he says, Benny, I have huge and great plans for you coming out of this thing. So I did what anybody would do. Right. I cried like a two year old, mm. just started crying because I realized that, I had something that most people just don't get. And I went to bed and I fell asleep in the chair and I woke up again. It was like 11 and I just happened for a couple of days. And then the, the last day it happened, <clears throat> he, he, he went biblical on me and said, Benjamin, I am telling you that I have huge and great plans for you coming out of this thing. And that's the first time he said it where I didn't get all emotional and break down. And so we started having a discussion, which is he and I, we have some really crazy discussions. And I was like, Lord, I know what you're doing. It's my favorite verse. You're affirming me through my favorite verse. And, and I love you and I adore you and I praise you. And I thank you for that, that I have this relationship with you that you, he says, that's right. So the next song you write for me is going to be titled Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He says, and here's the thing, you don't really have to quote the verse, but I want, this is what I want from the song. What I did for you, I stepped into your life and saved it. I can do for anybody if they press in and come to me. And when we do this song live, it's, it's crazy. This recovery process you went through was the catalyst for uh, three days. Yeah, I, I mean the whole project came out of the out of the um, out of the injury, and, and that's what I'm, you know we did our first we did our first record in 2012, 
and I made a I made a commitment when we did music when we're going to do the music for him. And I said, Lord, if you let us, if you let me rock it a little bit. I had a secular rock band in New Orleans. When I had hair, I had a lot. Joe was crazy. <laughs> and we played the rock circuit in New Orleans and saw things I never want my kids to see. But but once I got saved, you know, I was like, Lord, I've given you everything but the music. But I really don't want to do tambourine and hallelujah. Seriously. I made bird vomit or something. Please. Mm-hmm. You know, if you let me if you let me bring <laughs> some energy and some passion to it, I just want to give you my music too. You know, and guess what? God Almighty, Jesus Christ, that's something we can be passionate and energetic about. We don't have to be some lame, boring, holier than thou floating around. We don't need to be Pharisees and Sadducees and float around going, look who I am. I'm a Christian. That's not what it is. I'm going to run around going, look who I am. I'm a sinner that God gave up his life for me and gave me certain gifts and talents that I'm now going to use to let you know about him so he could do the same thing for you. Benny, I love, it does, I love the sound uh, from from this most recent pro- recent project, three days uh, by your yeah, with your too. with your group empowered, uh, the song itself, the three the song three days is my favorite one from from this project. It's it's got a little heat, doesn't it? It does, dude. And I am a I am a product of eighties heavy metal, and uh, <laughs> I mean I was my listeners know this. Sense. My listeners know this. I'm uh, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Black Sabbath. Uh, Ronnie James Dio, those were those were staples. Dio, yeah, those were staples. You know, I had Striper in there too, though. I had Striper in there, and I had oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Before I knew what Striper was, um, hey, they were my first Christian concert I ever went to. Michael Michael Sweet's been on the show a few times, and um, I, I love loved so, love, so, love all the guys. Yeah, soldiers on soldiers, soldiers in command. I hope I'm getting that right. Yeah, but soldiers. Wow. It's soldiers fair. under command. If all, all soldiers all, under command, that's all it. All of them. That's it. That's it. So I, I'm a product of, of 80s, 80s heavy metal. I mean, I remember all these, all these tapes in my felt-lined fake leather cassette holder in my car. And, and <laughs> I just... You're giving up age here. I love that. Felt-lined cassette holder. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I still love that music. I still love that music. So when I heard Three Days, I'm like, yeah, this is a good song. Yeah, God, well, I appreciate that so much. You know, when God gave that song, it's it's so so. I never. So here's the thing: never want to be a Christian band that runs around saying, "Well, you know what? We're not really a Christian rock band. We're we're a band that's Christians." I never want to get to that. Mm-hmm. I never I never want to get to that because to me personally, it's saying you didn't really do this. I did. And I have a message that I think is, you know, when you put I in the middle of, you you know, you're on a dangerous path. Mm -hmm. And so with three days, you know, we, so therefore in our lyrics, I do not remove his name. I do not remove God, Lord, Jesus, Christ. I don't take his name out of our lyrics because if I say he or him, that could be you, your dad, your uncle, your boyfriend, your ex-boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? And I have no desire. I have no desire to cross over into the secular realm unless he directs it. 
and it's not going to happen by taking his name. Christian music oh, had a yeah. real problem several years ago in my, in my mind, because you couldn't differentiate a Christian worship song from a, from a, a, a love song, from a, just a, just a secular right. love song. It was almost like Jesus is, and I take this for, um, this is a little tongue in cheek and facetious, but it was almost like, it felt like Jesus is my boyfriend and not the almighty powerful creator of the universe and savior of souls. So I think for a long time, for, for a period of time, not a long time, Christian music had, had an issue with being able to differentiate yourself. And, and, and quite frankly, that, that brought a lot of, a lot of mainstream, mainstream success with it, right? Um, when That's the reason it was done. Yeah. It was for the mainstream success. And, but what, you know, I think as Christians, what we need to realize is that the mainstream success in heaven will be small. It's harder to pass through the eye of the needle than to get into heaven and stay. And most people don't even understand that term. And if they do some biblical study, they realize on the eastern gate of Jerusalem, when these camels, which were loaded for bear, came to this gate, they had to be unpacked so the camel could pass through. You had to run all those goods through the gate, reload the camel, and move on. So it was an incredibly hard thing to do. And it's going to be just like that, which means, you know, to unpack a camel, bring it through, carry everything through, repack the camel means four things, right? W-R-A-W-O-R-K. It means work. Mm -hmm. It took work to do that. And I think a lot of people, when they get saved, it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I'm saved. But it takes work. And you know what the biggest work is? You have to work on your own personal relationship with him before he can use you to help change affect others. You've got to work on your relationship with him specifically. And the easiest way to do it Joe is realize what he's done for you. For me, it was a brain injury that he healed me from. I don't begrudge anybody's success. I, I want everybody to be successful. Benny, I want you to be True. hugely successful in the music business. I want, I want True. three days to just crush the charts, whatever charts they're in. Yeah. And, and really, That's because right. it, 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 it's good for you. It's good for my brother. It's, it's good for the faith, but to, to, for the sake of success to, to sacrifice the message, I think we're, we're walking down a dangerous path. And you've not done this. You've not done this in this project. Three, day, uh, three days. I, again, I love this song. This song, Three Days. I think this is a solid project. Who, who are your musical influences? Non-Christian musical influences. When we went recorded in Nashville, this is, this is what we got. Y'all sound like Boston, Journey, Bon Jovi, Imagine Dragon, that kind of that kind of sticks, that kind of sound, right? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, we hope you're not I have a I have a radio station in Shreveport that plays the record and when they first heard it they said, Y'all are sorta of, don't be offended. We y'all kinda of sound like a Christian version of rat. I'm like, wait a minute. Rat. Rat? Like from the Geico commercial? Round it. Right. And right. so and and you know, and everybody's like, Does that offend you? And I'm like, No, it does not. Now on the Christian side of it, we get compared a lot to uh, 
third day, building mm-hmm. 429, a little skillet, sometimes a little striper because we use some of these harmonies in there. And, you know, and, and it irks me to death when bands. Well, that, that, that the guitar lead, um, I tell you what, the guitar lead in three days is awesome, man. It'll yeah, tear your face insane. off. Shane is in Shane, 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 Shane. I don't know what God wired into those hands, but it's crazy. So it's, it's he's, he, he's just on it. Yeah. So, and you know, and just, you just kind of let, like, let God go through you. So we get compared a lot to a lot of those older kind of bands. Like, here's what I found too. When I first got saved, I started listening to Christian radio. So there's, I don't want to go station name for the sake of not doing that, but I love me some of the artists they're playing, just not every fifth song in rotation mm-hmm. for 24 hours a day. And and so I struggled with that, right? Everybody's like, y'all actually kind of sound classic rock. And I'm like, well, he is the rock, so that works for me. And that was a great kind of funny comeback. But as I think about it, as I think about it, my story is not, Joe's story. It's not your listener's story. Everybody has their own story. And the word history is his capital H story. So if we if we can dial into that, that all we're doing is we were created in his image. Back to that mask thing. Everybody's running around the country and the world with masks on their face. And it makes us null and void and equal in in a sense that we're all masked. You can't see anyone. You can't, we're not relatable because you can't see anything. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I created each one of you singly for my purpose. And if you just come to me so I can release these gifts and these talents that I've given to you to reach and affect the world, you were created by me for me. And there's freedom in that because we know we never die. We just know we never die. My dad, God bless my dad. My dad, 81 years old, all these heart issues forever, quintuple bypasses, all of these things. We just thought, man, one day if something ever happens to dad, it's going to be with this heart issue. And in October last, in September last year, we found out that he got diagnosed with cancer. And it was bad, and it was rapid. I'm talking two weeks rapid. And so we lost him on October 2nd. And so... Man, I'm sorry. Well, and, and that's, I, don't, I, don't, I appreciate it. I'm not telling you that for that, but I do appreciate that. And, and you know, and Dad and I were close. He was some little Sicilian mafia man, you know, and had a roofing company growing up, the whole thing. Took care of all six of us. I have five siblings. But he, within the last two weeks of his life, I really, and here's something since the brain injury that I think really got dialed up for me, Joe, is I used to kind of hold back somewhat to gauge a situation and, and no more. So within the last couple of weeks of his life, we had the big discussion. I'm like, Dad, not only is there a place at the banquet table for you, you have a nameplate. Mm. So I need to know that you know where you're going. And I had this discussion with my dad straight up. And he's like, yes, I know where I'm going. I said, I don't need that answer. I need the answer of how you know 
you know where you're going. And we talked about it. Jesus died for me. He rose again. I believe that I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm like, so that's great. And so while there's, while there's sadness in the fact that I've lost my dad, and maybe this speaks to somebody who's gone through some loss too, who's listening to you today. There's sadness because we've lost something or someone that we've known, that we've loved, that we're very close to. But by the fact that my dad confessed to me, he knows where he's going, there's a joy that you really can't explain unless Jesus is living in your heart. Because I know that my dad, he, he's physically gone from this earth, but he's alive in heaven with Jesus. And I'm going to see him again. And we're about to do a new single. Um, we're about to work up a new single called I'll Meet You There. And the song is basically about seeing Dad in heaven again. It's going to be, I can't wait to get to work on that. And, and, and hopefully that's going to speak to someone who's been through some loss and just give them hope that God has this whole thing worked out if we just trust and rely on him about it. Did you know your dad was a believer? I mean, was that the first time you had ha- ever heard him profess his faith? and Or was he, was he a believer prior to that moment and you just wanted to double check? He was a believer as most of the world is, I think. You know, like I was raised Lutheran, so kind of Catholic light uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. I was an acolyte, like an altar boy, did that whole thing, you know. But, Joe, I can tell you, in church every Sunday, in Sunday school every Sunday, in in vacation Bible school two weeks every summer, if I would have died as a as a kid, or even going into my late teen years, or even my early twenties, I, I was going to hell. I knew who God was. I knew who Jesus was. I could tell you about them, but I couldn't tell you about what they did for me personally, because I did not have that personal relationship with them. If that makes sense. It does. Like he, he wasn't in me. I did not live my life for him. I lived my life for me. And so I I was, I was going to hell. I I would have been one of those people who was in church every Sunday. So man, I got this thing. I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven. And, and it's minus that W-O-R-K thing, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to work on your relationship with him. You have to have a relationship to work on it. And so once I got saved, Katie barred the door. My mom's like, oh, and they all, they all converted to Catholicism. And she's like, you're a Jesus freak. And I'm thinking, DC talk, I'm cool with that. So, you know, you go through those thought patterns. And so my dad always, and I had converted back to Catholicism. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I have a lot of friends that are Catholic, but they are straight up Christians and know that they're against a lot of things, but they, they believe in Jesus and, and what the Bible stands for and believe it's real. So I'm not saying anything about that. But with my dad, God just put it on my heart. Like, you need to make sure that he's not a professing Christian and he really is. And the, and the word Christian, right, is what's the first half of it, Christ. And so you have to believe in Christ and what he did for you on that cross. 
He did not step down. He did not step off of it when he had every eternal royal right to do so. He did not do it. He hung and died for us. So three days later, he could show his glory to the world. And if, you know that the album cover for three days is literally Jesus running out of the tomb and there's just linens falling off of him. And I'm thinking that is the truest depiction in my mind's eye of what Jesus would look like coming out of the tomb, right? Not some big floating mm -hmm. eternal entity kind of thing, because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't live his ministry on earth that way. He was one of us. He experienced everything we experienced, but I think he came out of that tomb. Like we have, we're about to get down to business. And be, because of that, as soon as Jesus rose again and walked out of the tomb, our eternity was done. Sealed, dude. All we got to do is accept it. And, yeah. and delivered. Yeah. And so the only thing we have to do is, is, accept it or disregard it. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the, I'm on the acceptance part and it's given me a boldness, especially coming out of the brain injury, everything. And so three days, I mean, the lyric, you know, we're talking about the resurrection and what he's done for you, what he's done for me, he can do for you. And, you know, and that's something that we talk about before we play that song on stage. And, and, and we're just, we're bringing the energy with that because, that's what heaven's going to be like. I think heaven's just going to be this constant bundle of praise for our King. And there's going to be an energy unlike anything we've ever experienced here on the earth. We talked about, we talked about, of course, three days. Uh, my favorite yeah. piece from this, from this project with all due respect to Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a good song in its <laughs> own right. We talked about that, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just different. Yeah, let's let's talk about the. It's a good song. I mean, I don't want to. It's it. This is a great project, dude. Um, Thank you. This Thank you. the song. Tell me about the song. Listen to the children, and what that means to you in the band. yeah. That's, the listen to the children. When God gave that one to me, it was over this past year with everything being locked down, I've replaced the word locked with dumbed a good bit when I'm talking to people. And I just think the world's been dumbed down for, for a year. It's sort of, sort of like lock yourself away. Don't come out, be a hermit. And, and, and let me say this as, as a Navy medic is, is the pandemic real? Yes. It is, in fact, a real thing. And have people died? And sadly, yes, people have died. Have, has man taken it and made it something bigger than it is? Yes. And in a sense, I believe that we were allowed to experience this worldwide. This isn't a, this isn't a national thing. It's a worldwide thing. And I think it's been presented. Uh, God knew this was going to happen too. He's the Alpha Omega, right? He knew this was going to happen too. And I really feel in 2021, God is doing, he is, he's doing his own Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? I'm about to send the boy. Are you ready? And I think 
there's a call through this thing of a great awakening within the body. Those that have been lying dormant in their faith and, and afraid to stand for their faith or whatever, I think are being shaken to a point where they're finally saying, okay, let's go. We've got to engage. And I really think that's what's it. So part of the culture thing, because everything's culture right now, um, it, you know, with our kids, if, if you want to know what your kids are being told or taught, just listen to them. It's so anti-family, anti-biblical, and you, you know, even even the Disney Channel changed their name for the Disney Channel to Freeform, and you know, there's a there's a nugget. So God was like, I've got such a heart for kids because they're innocent, and I think their innocence gets abused by those in power who want to instill their viewpoints on them, regardless of what you feel as a Christian parent, your children should be thinking, following, which namely is the word of God. So when God gave that song, it was like, if we just listen to our kids, we can hear what the world is saying to them. And it's going to open up the door and opportunity for us to then have these discussions with these kids and say, with our kids and just say, okay, I know, I know what you're being told. I know what you heard. However, this is what our family stands for, and this is how we believe as a family. We believe in the Word of God. We believe that the Bible is truth, and it's, it goes against the world because it's against the world, and we're, our, our whole goal is to get to heaven, and it'll just give us an opportunity not to bash the Bible over our children's heads or anybody in general, but it gives us an opportunity to have a discussion. And I think the, the sane, we can, we can disagree, but still have a civil discussion. I think that's gone right now. And just because of the way that the world addresses, especially Christians, man, Christianity just being beat up right now. But, you know, when, we, when you think about that, you go, hmm, what am I going to do for it? And, you know, it cost Jesus his life, and he was innocent. The project is Three Days by Benny Deshara and Empowered. I love this project, man. And, I, and I'll tell you, I, I, this, this, song, this song, Three Days, uh, on my playlist, it's, gonna, it's going to be right there next to John Schlitt and, and Michael Sweet and Striper, man. It's good stuff. I, I, sincerely, I, I love I, John I like, Schlitt, too. Oh, yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's coming out with a good new project, dude. you know? Or he has come out with yeah, I've been, yeah, he had, and I've been following. I mean, I followed him from his head east days. Oh yeah, great testimony, yeah. just <laughs> incredible testimony. Just, I'm like, that's me. That's basically when I, I'm like, wow, that's me, but in a different sense. So yeah. it's, but but again, you know, hey, you know what I love about those other about those like sweet and Schlitt and they're not scared. They Heck will no, tell man. anybody. Heck no, and He's... and that's I think that's where we need to be. Bold. You're right about that. I like this project, man. It's it's really good. I'll put a link to the show in the show notes where where you can get this uh where you can get this project with uh Empowered Man. Benny, it is a it is a good, good project. Benny, can we talk about your personal faith a bit? Sure we can. How did you how did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? 
again, growing up, right, as we discussed, I mean, I knew about him. I just didn't know him. So I'll tell you, I was a, I was a floor manager for a Toyota dealership in Baton Rouge. And this lady comes in, wants to buy a car, so sell her a car. Her husband comes in later, wants to buy a truck, sell him a truck. They need a car for their daughter. She comes in, that was all gone. So I get to know the family really well. And they're just nice talking to me. And they know that I did music in the secular world. I had a secular band, this, that, and other. And one day she comes in just after all this is done for service. And she pulls around the phone. She says, didn't you say you had a rock band? And I said, I do. And she said, and she says, you need to come to my church on Sunday. You would love it. We have a great praise and worship team. You would just love that. And I'm like, really? She says, yeah. And I'm like, well, what are y'all? You know, are you like, I grew up Lutheran. So, and she says, oh, we're just, we're a full Bible church. And I'm like, oh, heard about you peeps right in my head. And I'm like, well, great. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to visit and see what your fan people are doing. So, so she left. She would call me every Monday. She did this for, I lied. I literally lied for three months. I was busy. I was watching the Saints lose because that's all they did back then, right? I was like, I was like, I just lied to her. I was busy. And then I went to a business function and uh, I was associated with Amway back in the day. So I go to this big weekend function and most people go, oh, you sold stuff out of a wagon. I'm like, stop. You don't even know what you're talking about. So we were there and I was there on a Sunday and they just showed, they said, we're going to start at 11, but come at nine. And so if you want to know what this is really, what we're founded in and do founded in Jesus and biblical principle and families working together and moms and dads having control of their lives. And, and I'm sitting there and they have a Bible and they're talking about what kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there going, what is the deal? And they did like a little altar call. And so they were giving away Bibles. And so I had gone through a really bad divorce, at which point I had lost my Bible. So, you know, I went up and I didn't go up and confess anything. I just went and got a Bible because God said, hey, you should go get a Bible. And so I got a Bible and went home and sort of started reading this and another. Well, you know, Miss Linda was on me because, again, here it is the next Monday. Hey, I didn't see you in church Sunday. So. But after that event, two weeks after that event, she called me and she says, listen, this Sunday, I'm going to come pick you up. And I started laughing, right? And let this be a word to people out there <laughs> listening, because <laughs> sometimes you have to have that person that God puts in your life who just is like a bulldog and is not going to let you go. And so, it's so and, and I had experienced what I experienced, and I said, you know what? I'm going to meet you there. And she says, no, you're not. Because you've been lying for three months. I said, I know I've been lying to you for three months, and I'm confessing that to you. So, But I'll meet you there. So I got in my car on Sunday, driving down Highland Road, which is a – Highland Road is a really oak-covered road in Baton Rouge. It's historical. And, and I hear this voice in my ear telling me, what are you doing? Like, where are you going? You were raised Lutheran. You're going to go to these people. are going to be talking all that spaghetti, spaghetti sauce stuff. Whatever. What are you doing? This isn't you. And that's the very first time, Joe, in my life, I realized what Satan sounded like. Mm. And he was speaking to me. And so I got fired up. 
and I'm screaming at the top of my voice in my car. And I'm, I'm, you know what I'm doing? I'm repeating stuff I heard two weeks before. Mm-hmm. I'm demanding seven times back everything Satan ever stole from me. And you're about to lose me today. And I'm living for Jesus from this point on because he created me in his image. And I'm yelling. I'm crying. I look down. I'm doing like 80 and a 35. So the statute of limitations covers me there. And I'm rolling <laughs> to church. And I get to church. And she's at the door. And she she sees me. And did she condemn me for lying to her for three months? Did she get in my face about it or anything. You know, she did. She ran up to me and she hugged me and she said, I'm so glad you're here. You're going to love this. Mm. And so I went in and the music was great. And then the pastor did an altar call and there was about eight or 10 of us because our church was like, really, we had, if we had 50 people in service, that was crazy. So my church now we have like, I don't know, a 2000 seat auditorium. It's crazy to watch that over time. But, but when I went down for the altar call, God broke me, like broke me. And to the point where I was, I was, I was snobbing, right? That's not sobbing. It just, just broken down at the altar. And then four men came around me and were praying over me tears rolling down their face. I mean, because they, I, I really and truly honestly believe that they felt the pain and the guilt and the condemnation I had been walking with all those years, not realizing it. I really believe that through their prayers at that moment, and they had their arms around me, and, they, and I was kind of hugged in the middle of four guys. And I really feel that they felt that leaving my body, leaving my soul. Mm. And um, it was, some, so some people have a, a couple of week transition, a couple of months transition. Well, I'll stop drinking heavily, you know, eventually, or I'll stop sleeping around or I'll stop lying to people or whatever, whatever vice there is. Right. For me, it was like getting hit with a sandbag at one time. And I was saved on that Sunday and my life was different that Sunday. And I've never looked back. What things can you point to? Uh, maybe just one or two things. The top thing can you point to in your life that you said, wow, at that moment, I went from this person to that person. It's, I looked in the mirror when I got home and I looked different to myself. That's hard for some people to understand maybe, but it's kind of like when you know you've done something wrong, you can look in a mirror and you can tell the guilt on your face or whatever. I looked, I looked 10 years younger on that Monday following that Sunday. Just you know, that's burden. a that's a really good point, Benny. I, I, I love this yeah. idea because you may have been you may have been looking at yourself for the very first time, the true you that God sees. Yes. yes. I would agree with that. Yeah, fully agree with that. That's a big deal right there, man. That's a big deal. That is the that is the biggest deal. So for me, if nothing else ever happened with my music, which I don't believe that's God's plan, but that's me as an artist. If nothing ever happened, the fact that you and I are talking today 
And something within this discussion, Joe, could have reached across the sound waves and touched somebody's heart. And if they were doubting that God had a plan for them, that they now know that he does. Name something greater than that. I can't. Let's go to the other side just for a second, though. Since becoming a Christian, since you professed your faith in Jesus Christ, and you turned your life towards him, have you ever, since that time, though, have you ever questioned your faith or the existence of God? Never with a capital N. Ever. Never, Mm -hmm. ever. Because... When you're saved, here's, here's, this is me speaking. Since I've been saved, I am all in. He has a plan for me that I don't know. So all I have to do when I wake up every day, he opens a door, I walk through it. When God tells you to move, you should do four things, right? M-O-V-E, move. Mm-hmm. When God tells me something, I don't, I don't sit there and go, wow, I wonder if God is really saying I should do that. Because if I think, I wonder if God is doing that, then that tells me automatically that I'm thinking about it, and it's not what's been presented. So if he opens the door, I'm going to walk through it. If there's a door closed, the next four things in my mind is N-E-X-T, next. And I'm just waiting for the next thing or the next opportunity to talk about him to anybody, any person about, about anything. And so you, you, you can't, you can't profess to be a Christian. This is me. You can't profess to be a Christian and talk that talk and not walk that walk because it doesn't line up. You know, you bring up a good point. Uh, this is a good thought and and we don't have time to flesh it out completely right here, but uh-huh. the the way you put that as I really like it Benny is and correct me if I'm wrong. If you if a if a person hears from God or thinks God wants them to do something or thinks God wants them to move in a direction or whatever it might be. And you're wondering whether or not that that came from God or whether that came from you. Well, the idea of questioning it, you know that it didn't come from you. So it had to come from God. And now there is, there is the, I guess there is the argument to say, well, it could have been Satan would tickle in your ear or whispering in your ear. Um, but you have to trust the Holy spirit to protect you from those things. Right. And, and, That's right. and, but if you, if you're, if you're questioning, Hey, is this God or is this me? Well, if it was you, you know it would be you. So it's got to be God. Is that a good way of putting it? That's right, Joe. That's right. And you brought up a good point. If you're if you're questioning, if if you're questioning, was that God or is it Satan talking to me? If if you're saved and you don't know the difference between God's voice and Satan's voice, please share my cell phone number with your listeners. I would love to talk to them. You know, as we wrap up here, Benny. What would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? 
I would say if you were on faith's edge, I totally understand where you are because I once was there as well. I was on faith's edge. I was, I was a Christian. I thought I told people in my mind, I was, if you're unsure, if you're saved, then the likelihood is you may be. And I can also tell you that because I was there as well. So press in to God, to your relationship, to him. Stand on the fact that you were made in his image. Stand on the fact that Jesus Christ died and rose again for you, and you will never die because you now have eternal life in heaven with them. And press in because a lot, we get so busy. You know, we don't, we don't skip what we've got recorded to watch later because that's our favorite show. Or we don't forget to go to a sporting event or to a concert because it's on our schedule. We don't skip going to work because we have certain meetings that's on our schedule. Well, guess what? If we schedule our lives that way, we need to schedule appointments with him where he has our undivided attention one-on-one. And if you're on faith's edge, if you do that and you schedule time with God and you spend time with God, you won't be on the edge for long because you'll be walking in his favor. And that's what God will give me. I don't think we can say anything more than that. Wow. I love this conversation, Benny. I appreciate talking to you. The project is three days by empowered. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear the, hear this song three days. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Thanks for hanging out with me, brother. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, man. God bless you. I appreciate you. Benny's website is Rockin' for Jesus. That's R O C K I N, the number four, Jesus, J E S U S dot com. Rockin' for Jesus dot com, uh, where you can find more about him, his group Empowered, and this fantastic project, Three Days. I'll put his website, links to his music, and all his social media links in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 130. That's on faithsedge.com slash 130. And if you want to contact me, I am most active on Twitter at at 4JoeTaylor, or you can reach me at onfaithsedge.com slash contact. That's onfaithsedge.com slash contact. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertains you, encourages you, informs you, or brings value to you in any way whatsoever, will you consider financially backing the show? The best way you can do that right now is just use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. We'll get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you so much to Benny DeShera for being with us, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real, He loves you, and so do I. God bless.